this is the Introverts Bubble Podcast with a nung of courageous creativity, a place for introverts and homebodies to get out of their heads and have more adventures, where we talk about the topics that introverts need to air out, ways around a loud world, talking about home, work, and everything in between, because there's nothing wrong with us, but we got problems, and we'll do things our way, alone if ever possible. Hey guys, today I have Monica from You Wanna Do What Podcast. So, hi Monica. Hi, how are you? Thanks for having me. Yeah, so I just wanted to like jump right in because I love meeting other women, especially women of color, podcasters and everything else. So how did you start with your podcast? For sure. So I've been in corporate America for about 15 years. I've been a podcast listener for about 10 of those years. And I was feeling at this place where I was in my corporate job and feeling a little stuck. So I've always had a lot of passions. And one of the downsides of having a lot of passions is when people tell you just pick one, you don't know which one to go with. So I'm in this place where I'm feeling really stuck, but then I don't know which thing I should pick in terms of trying something new. And I decided there has to be other people that are just like me working in a job for a really long time feeling like they're kind of stuck in the monotony of everyday to li- everyday life and they're figuring out who they are beyond their job. And so I started a podcast called You Want to Do What almost a year ago. So I'm approaching my first anniversary, just talking to people exactly like me. I recorded into my laptop speakers, which is the worst way to do it. Don't ever use your laptop microphone in order to start a podcast. But do you know what it is? I think I really needed to just get started. I had been thinking about it for such a long time and telling myself all the reasons why I shouldn't be doing it. And so eventually I just took the leap. I did it and made sure that my only goal at the time was to make the next show sound better than the last show. And I started out with very small goals. And now I hear, here I am about 48 episodes in and fast approaching my year. Oh, that's awesome. You know, I, I kind of, I have a moment too. Where I'm kind of like, I have, I'm getting kind of getting up there soon. Like, when do I break for seasons or not? Or like, do I want to? Pardon me. I feel like I have to at some point just because I feel like it'll be easier on myself. And I don't, I, of course, there's that like fear of, will I ever have another thing to talk about after a while? No, I think the same thing. And so when I started my show, like I always tell people, if you want to talk to me about everything that I could have done differently or things that people could do if they're thinking about launching a podcast, I'm always there to help answer those questions because in retrospect, there are a lot of things that I would have done differently, particularly around setting up seasons or recording batch episodes in advance. So I had more content because when you're doing something weekly and you don't have a lot of episodes that are already ready to go, you constantly feel like you're catching up. And that can be very overwhelming at times. So I am right there with you wondering, when can I take a break? How can I figure out a way to record multiple episodes at a time so that I can give myself a mental vacation for a while? Yeah, I feel like I I, I might have to do in August because that's really busy for me because I do other like part-time like temp work. Like I work at the Renaissance Festival here at Minnesota and I absolutely love mm-hmm. it. That's like my, my one extroverted thing that I do. 
that's kind of like a hobby. I get to wear a costume. I get to be obnoxious on purpose and people pay me for it. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's a lot of fun. And and for me, it's it's similar. So I work the full-time job, so I still have that. And then I do podcasting afterwards or before, wherever I can kind of fit it in. And it can be really time-consuming. So don't get me wrong. It's tons of fun, but there's also a lot of work that goes into it as well. And so I think to myself, I'm speaking to listeners asking them to figure out who they are beyond their job. So I need to make sure that I continue to do the same thing for myself. Oh yeah, definitely. Cause especially for me, I work from home. It's kind of one of those things of like what is fun and what is work now. And it's starting to like merge together that I'm getting a little like work. I need to find something that is straight, just hobby fun and not try to monetize, not try to like merge it into my business in any way, because now it's like, Oh my God, I got to stop. <laughs> I'm with you. I also work from home. So we're right in the same place when it comes to that as well. But this weekend in the U.S., it's Memorial Day. And by the time people hear this, it should have passed and it'll be the start of summer. But for me, I'm thinking about taking this weekend to just have some fun, play with my nieces. If the weather cooperates, go to the beach and pull myself away from the laptop and just focus on having a good time. Yeah, it's been kind of my thing. I need to just schedule. I have to schedule it in, which is, I'm not like a hard, fast, like type eight. I got to schedule everything, but it's kind of been, there's been a couple of days where like, you know, I'm not going to write anything for this day. And I'm just going to, if I feel like sleeping in, I'll sleep in. If I want to read a book, I'll read a book. Mm-hmm, exactly. That's what I really want to do. It's funny you say that. I just want to read a book that is not related to business or SEO or growing or launching anything, but purely something recreational. That's just a fun beach read and just dive into those pages. Yeah. So what are, what are some of the things you've tried out because of this podcast to, to like see if like, oh, I want to try these. I want to try different things. Like, what are some of the ones that were like the most fun? Sure. So what's funny is that I decided three days before I started the podcast that I was going to sign up for a Spartan race. And so a Spartan race for listeners that might not know, it's an obstacle course challenge and it's a bunch of athletic things and agility types of events. And you're in the mud for a lot of it. And it's pretty trying. So I decided I needed to shake things up for myself. I thought all the way around. So a mental challenge, a physical challenge. And I spent all of last summer of 2017 training for the Spartan race. I did it by myself intentionally. So a lot of people do it in teams. But I wanted to give myself a challenge that I could complete. If it took me eight hours, it was going to take me eight hours and I wasn't going to have to feel guilty about anybody else waiting for me. And so that's one of the things that I did. And I talk a lot about that on the podcast, especially in the beginning episodes, because it was something that was very near and dear to me. And it was hard. It was really hard to have the discipline to train six days a week, to actually complete the challenge itself. There were so many times during the race, I thought, why am I doing this? I remember getting to the parking lot you have to wait on this line for these school buses that take you to the event. And I kid you not, there had to be maybe five or 600 people just on the line that I was on. And I thought to myself, okay, what am I doing here? These people look more athletic than me. They look younger than me. All these things start to kind of go through your head, get on the school bus. And again, I'm still kind of thinking the thoughts. And once we get to the actual site, I remember turning to the one friend that I asked to come with me. And that was only because in case I injured myself, I wanted to have someone that was with me. And I turned to my friend and I said, we could just go home. I don't really have to do this. 
And he laughed and said, you've been training for months for this event. Why would you want to go home? But all of the fear sort of rushed into my belly at that one point. And I thought, I can't do this. So he said, you know what? Why don't you just try it? See how it feels. This is what you tell people all the time. I got on the start line and about 15 minutes into the race, I said, you know what? I'm doing it. I'm here. I've trained for it. Let go of the butterflies and just do it. So that's always the biggest thing. When I think about my podcast, it's impossible without thinking of the Spartan race as well. Oh, yeah. And I thought about doing that one year, but sadly, when I, I did, I had to do it for a group because I do have a bad knee. So I needed to make sure someone was going to help me up over certain things. Mm-hmm. And half of them just like bailed on. It was like a month before. I'm like, you know what? I'm not, not going to do it. I'll find something else because. I'm not a runner at all. So it's kind of like, you know what? Like, I, I feel like I was more pushing myself because it was just a cool thing to do. But I'm like, I'm not really excited about this. If it was straight, just obstacle course, my ass would have been there by myself. But I don't want to run. T- <laughs> I'll tell you this. I'm not a runner at all either. Anybody who knows me thinks that it's kind of the funniest thing for me to actually want to do something like that this because I hate running. So I'm okay with sprinting because I can sprint for a minute, cool down, sprint for another minute, but distance is really not my friend at all. And so I said, you know what? I'm not going to try to change that aspect of me because I really don't like running for distance. And so I said, I'm going to make sure I'm conditioned enough to get through the race. I'm not going to worry about running, but I am going to worry about the obstacles and being really strong for when it comes to the obstacles. And that's how I did it. And it's really individual for everybody. There's some people that were on that mountain with me flying by. I don't know how they didn't break an ankle, but that was their thing. So I looked at it as a very individual journey. And just because I couldn't run the way other people could, I just said, I'm going to run my race. And that's how I kind of took care of it. Yeah, and I think strangely for me, because of that, I changed trying other things because, like, that's when I started working at the Renaissance Festival. I started when I do an aerial things, which is strange enough because I am not a very like showy person with my body. And both those things, you have to be wearing very skimpy stuff. At least for me in the Renaissance, I wear a belly dancer outfit. And my boobs are just pushed way up there. <laughs> and then Ariel, you need to have a very skin tight stuff. Sometimes you wear just leotards and everything else. Just And that's very different for me. And I feel like that's my way of pushing out. Because then I'm still exercising. I'm still doing things. But I'm like, I'm pushed out of my comfort zone in that way. Absolutely. And everyone will have their different things. So what's funny is that I can run a Spartan race. And I've also done two Tough Mothers in the past. But I don't like trying new foods. So people think it's the funniest thing. They said you could jump into a tub of ice cold water in this obstacle course event. But if we give you anything new to try, you always push it away like you're a five-year-old. And we all have our different places where what's comfortable versus what's not. And so for me, my thing is food. I say, don't judge me. I'm selective. I eat what I want. Like I'm a healthy girl. So I'm doing okay. I'm not about to fade away anytime soon. But I know what I like to eat and I'm just not adventurous when it comes to that so any new foods is me pushing myself out of my comfort zone yeah for a while there I was kind of stuck at the same thing like the very first time I, re- I realized I haven't eaten cauliflower before and so this mm-hmm. l- last year this summer I finally got someone to give me a really good recipe for just something very plain because I've never had it before I'd rather just have something so it, it's mostly masked so I don't have to if I just eat something by itself I'm gonna I'm gonna like mm, I don't like this but if I mask mm-hmm. it in something else, I'm like, okay, I like this now. So I actually put it in other foods now. I'm like, I actually like cauliflower by itself. But 
I just never had it before. Yeah, I'll definitely have to try that. So my thing is I experiment occasionally, but one of the things that I absolutely can't eat, which is a crazy kind of fun fact, I cannot eat oatmeal. It doesn't matter what type you give me, instant oatmeal with fruit, without fruit, with a bunch of sugar. It does not matter to me. For some reason, I cannot get oatmeal down. So that continues to be one of those things on my will never eat list. I don't, but I don't I've like, tried it. I don't like bacon. <laughs> oh, see? Well, okay. I'll give you my oatmeal. You'll give me your bacon and we can totally do breakfast together. Yes, that's perfectly fine, <laughs> which is very it, horrible for at first when I first met my husband's fat side of the family. His dad is the top of the field of swine nutrition. So he works with pigs and he thought like, you don't eat any pork? Like, no, no, no. I just don't like bacon. Like that would have been like a deal breaker for his family if I didn't eat any pork. <laughs> I believe it. So I'm I'm Latin. And so for us, we have um, bednil, which is like roast pork. And we have that for Christmas and Thanksgiving. And that's kind of like the two times of year that you'll see a lot of Latin families have that. So I can imagine what would happen to me if I said that I didn't eat pork anymore. They would just maybe kick me out of the family. Yeah, no, <laughs> my, my brother gets a lot of crap from my family because I'm half Asian. We, we eat rice for everything. And he doesn't really like rice. Wow. It's very strange. Like, he's okay with, like, fried rice from, like, Americanized Chinese restaurants, but he doesn't, Mm -hmm. he doesn't like sticky rice, he doesn't like our sweet jasmine rice very much. Like, he'll eat some of that to go with, like, orange chicken. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But, like, for us, we're like, oh, we have bratwurst, we're gonna have rice. Oh, there's stuff with bananas, we're gonna have rice. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you, though. We love, we love rice in my family as well. Oh, man. Yeah. It's just, it's a very strange thing how all these strange things that everyone think that, well, it's weird for you not to want to do this or try this, but for me, it's perfectly fine. Like, my husband has never had an egg roll before me, and it was very strange. Well, he he lived in the country before he moved up here, so (laughs) I kind of understand that. Like, the, the, the area he was living in, like, it was one Asian family there, but of course, that, that was like 30 people in one family. (laughs) <laughs> but so it's it's just very strange. Like he's he's had like places that had egg rolls there, but it was one of those ones you don't you just didn't want to try it. Oh, I have to admit, I've never had an egg roll myself. And I'm in New York City, so there's really no excuse for that. We have amazing uh, Chinese food restaurants here, and I have not had an egg roll before. And the thing is, egg rolls are very different depending on where you're from. Like if you're getting from Chinese, they're very big on like cabbage. They're very thick. There's very different Vietnamese, which are very different from Lao and Thai egg rolls. Like, so if I had to try one, which would you recommend first? So what would be my first introduction to a proper egg roll? What would you recommend? Honestly, well, I'm I'm Lao, so I'm always like, you should try Lao and Thai. But I feel like <laughs> most people, if they want something that's a lot more flavor to it, but not too like too many f- different textures and flavors and everything else in it, I would try a Vietnamese. Okay. Because it's a little more meat, a little more noodles in there, and the vegetables are very well mixed in there. Mm, so it's like okay. it's it just it's all one taste. While I feel like with Chinese, it's like you have a taste. I'm like, oh, that was like mostly cabbage, and that was mostly meat and carrots. And I feel well, like they don't mix I'm, it as I well. I think I'm going to add it to the list. So I have a long weekend in front of me, so I'm going to try it, and I'll email you and let you know how it goes. Yes, I always tell like definitely go to an authentic place, and you'll know it because. <laughs> It's a it's an ongoing joke. Like if you know a really good Vietnamese place, it has usually a number in it, <laughs> like <laughs> faux twenty five or something like that. And 
and there's actually a Vietnamese person in the building. It has to be at least one or two. Then you know the recipes are authentic. Okay, I will definitely look for that in the city this weekend. Yeah, because what city? You said you're in New York. Oh, I can't even think of any good places around there. Because I, I literally had people just drag me to place to place. I don't even remember what any of them were called. There actually was a really great Vietnamese restaurant about two blocks from where I worked, and it closed, which is the tough part of New York City. So many new restaurants, but the shelf life is pretty short. And so I'd heard that they moved to another location, and then I just couldn't find them again. But they were phenomenal. So I will definitely look for another one and let you know if it passes the test. So I'll look for all of the markers, numbers in the name, people of Vietnamese descent inside the restaurant, and I will try an egg roll. Yes, I feel like that's the one... That's easiest to do, to do without that. No problems of like, oh, this tastes weird. Or, <laughs> and there's two <laughs> different things too. There's two different um, sauces. There's like the sweet and sour red sauce, and that's like the American one. They always give that to the American people. But if you want the good stuff, you you ask them too. Like, I want the good sauce, and it's like, I don't know if you ever had fish sauce, but it's that color consistency. It's a lot more watery, so it's not like a a regular dip. It's very watery, and it usually has like a peanuts in it. Okay, I, I will like check it out. I'm taking is, notes. <laughs> yes, that is the better sauce. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. I will ask for that kind. Okay, I mean, when you try new things, has there been anything that you've tried that has been like, this wasn't a really good idea, or it was just kind of like, I did it once, and I'm done? <laughs> yes, actually, and I love that question because I did an episode on it about stepping outside of your comfort zone, but maybe I was actually wrong about it. And so I'm a big proponent of, course, trying new things, moving outside your comfort zone. And I had gone to an event um, somewhere in the city and it was a brand new group that I was trying an organization and I didn't feel comfortable. So I was there and listening to the speaking panel, but there was something about kind of like the vibe of the room and I really couldn't feel like myself and I didn't feel that same type of you know charismatic way of wanting to go up to people and introduce myself and I found that people weren't really coming up to me and it was just this event that I left feeling I don't want to say that I felt bad about myself but it was just more like well that wasn't a lot of fun and that actually forced me to rethink my idea of comfort zones in this way I think that everyone should see what is out there for themselves, experiment with life, try new things, but also do a check with yourself to see how that actually feels. So for example, when I went to that event, someone could say like, oh, it's okay, but maybe another one might be better. And that might be true, or that could just not be the room for me. And that's how I started to look at it. How do you feel inside? Because you don't want to try something, let's say it's fitness related, or you travel to a new place. If you know that you've left not feeling so great about it there's a difference between oh this was really challenging so I took a dance class and this was really challenging and I couldn't get the steps down but I had a lot of fun or I think I'm going to nail it next time that's very different from feeling like I didn't belong or I felt self-conscious or this wasn't fun or I didn't like the instructor those are two very different ways of of feeling after coming out of an event or any activity that you try for the first time So really just do that gut check with yourself to see how you feel. And it's okay if you decide you don't like something. Start small, and then from there, you can always go big. And that's the great thing about experiments. You don't have to deep dive into, I'm going to take an 18-week class on French cuisine. 
if you've never done it before. So give yourself permission to just dabble into something and see what sticks. Yeah, I, I feel like that there's a lot of people that feel like, well, I have to do it. I have to do it. So now I am like stuck in it. Like I am. This is a long haul kind of thing. It's like, no, no, no. Trying new things just means once if, if ever possible. Nothing has to be. Nothing has to be perfect about it either. Like I have to get like so much out of it. I have to make a friend and whatever. It's like, and also you're allowed to not like what you just did. And it also for me, cause I feel like with my audience, like introverts they are always kind of like, well, it's now it's like a disaster. I'm like, no, no one died. You're okay. Move on. <laughs> right. And that, and that's a great point that you say, like, nothing also is permanent. If you think of that, nothing's permanent. So we switch jobs and we go to school, we graduate, we have relationships, we have friendships. And if you think about from when you were a child to where you are now, how many of the things have actually stuck around the entire time, right? Life moves and changes shape. So kind of see these experiments in the same way of trying something new. You don't have to stick with it. For a long time, I used to think I love reading. And I used to think, even if I didn't like a book, I had to finish it. And then I thought to myself, why do I have to finish it? I don't really have to finish it. If I'm about 125 pages in of a 400-page book, and I know that I don't like the story and I've given it enough of a shot because 125 pages is pretty significant to know whether or not you like it, just put it down. Don't read it anymore. You don't have to invest more hours doing something that's supposed to be fun. And I just kind of gave myself permission, and it sounds so simple, but think about Anything you you finish, a, a movie, a television series that maybe has gone on longer than it should have. So it really works in all scenarios, whether you're introverted or extroverted. Yes, I have had a couple of movies that people are like, I can't believe you walked out of it. Like watching at a friend's house, I'll just leave the room. I'm like, I don't care. Partially because if there's anything a dog dies in and I know, I'm like, nope, not going to do it. I'm done. <laughs> Yeah. And that's the thing. And that's great that you already know that about yourself and it's okay. So what you didn't see a movie, like I've never seen any of the Harry Potter movies. I've never read a Harry Potter book, which I know makes me wildly unpopular with a lot of people, but it was just one of those things that for me, it didn't interest me. But then conversely, I read the Twilight series and that probably says a whole nother thing about who I am, but it's just, and like kind of understanding like you are who you are and you don't have to conform. Just do what feels comfortable for you and what feels fun. And if you don't want to read something or watch something, then just don't do it. Yeah. And and also the kind of the idea of if you want to try something, you don't have to do it all right now. Like there's times that are better for it. Like I don't, I guess I want to go on a vacation. You have to save for it. And I don't, or if I don't have time, like for me, August is like, I don't do anything new. I don't see anybody like friends or family wise because I am doing so much work with a temp job, with my own business and all that stuff. Like, So I always, people just know like you ain't going to see me. You're barely going to hear from me even on social media. And so like you plan it out that you can do other things. The same thing is like, well, if you love movies, then, well, you got to find like two, three hours to sit down and watch a movie. So if you don't have time this week, you'll have time next week. So like there's always the... The idea of everything needs to be done now. It needs to be done perfect. and Right. Absolutely. And I think it's really just about making sure you carve out that time. If you start to reflect on any point or season where you are in life and think, 
I think I've given too much to everyone else and not enough to myself, then that's probably a good time to reevaluate and take a step back. And the people that love you, care for you and value you will understand if you need those moments for yourself. So as you mentioned in August, that's your really busy month. So the people that know you know that it isn't anything personal. You're taking care of what you need to handle in the month of August. And you're going to be back in September or we could kick it in July. Just in August, this is a time that I need to really buckle down. And I think it's okay for people to ask that of their loved ones and of their support system as well so they can handle the things that they need. So for me, in order to give myself more of a break and a cushion, I will take three days where I will record a bunch of episodes. In that time, it means I do have to say no to dinner invitations or I do have to say, hey, I can't spend that time or I can't go have that coffee with you today. But it's just three or four days where I'm just going to be completely focused, head down, getting this done, and then I'll be right back. And I think that once people kind of understand that's what it is, they don't have to feel as if it's a personal slight and they just kind of get it. Yeah, and the biggest point is that you need to tell them. I've yes. had so many people that um, just automatically before they they're like they like I didn't even invite you because I know you just, you never say yes, and I'm kind of like, did you ever ask why? Like no, like and sometimes I do put it in there. I'm like, oh, I can't. I have I have this going on, or that going on, and like some people like just don't assume. Like it, the people do have other lives, especially when you used to be very available, and then now you're not. Like, I have, I have a couple of friends we used to hang out all the time, but she's a kid now. So I'm like, your kid needs to survive, so you need to take time with her. Mm-hmm. 100%. It's funny that you say that. So my niece is four months. So obviously, the dynamic of the relationship I have with her parents has shifted a bit. I love my niece. I'm over the moon for her. She's one of my favorite people. But it also means that if the three of us want to go see Deadpool, we probably can't do that. So it'll be two of us going or some combination thereof, or we'll have to see if there's someone who can watch the baby. But that dynamic has shifted. So it's completely understandable. And I get it because you have this new baby and she needs your attention. Um, And it's just really about understanding that part of it. Yes, definitely. And and just another thing goes when things change, I just moved and I am actually farther away than most everyone else is now. Like before I was like, oh, I can stop by this one friend's house. That's only like a 20 minute drive. Like now for me to get into the cities, it's 45 minutes to an hour, depending on where. Mm -hmm. And and sadly with Minnesota, it's summertime. Like, oh yeah, it won't be a problem. But Minnesota has two seasons. It's winter and construction. Mm, So it's even harder to get anywhere ever because winter is just sucks to drive in Minnesota. And then the other part is there's so much construction. So I'm like, well, I can't drive that way because that's down to one lane highways. And I can't drive that way because that's close for a bridge. And No, for sure. And it really is. So when I first moved, so I'm originally from the Bronx and I moved over to New Jersey and it's really quick. So I would say on a good day, probably 25 minutes, but on a bad day, it can be an hour, it can be a little bit more. So what I've tried to do is when I know that I'm going to go back home and visit people there, I try to see multiple people in one day because I know that sometimes the traffic can be such a killer that 
I don't want to necessarily spend almost three hours back and forth just on the commute. So if I can figure out how to see groups of friends at one time or go to multiple people's houses so I can hang out with them, then that's what I try to do to kind of stack that up because I completely understand sometimes that traffic and people say, well, you know, it's, it's only traffic. We always have traffic, but three hours kind of out of a weekend when you only really have two days to yourself can be kind of significant. So how can you maximize the time that you spend with them? Yes, definitely. Okay. So with everything you've done so far, is there anything that you're planning to do in the future that hasn't quite happened yet? Oh my gosh. I have so many plans that haven't happened yet. Um, I have a lot of things that are sort of in the works of how I want to expand and grow the podcast. So for the first six months of the show, they're all solo episodes. So if anybody goes into the back catalog and listens to the podcast, you'll hear just me, a microphone, and the topic that I'm speaking about that week. And that might be certain hikes that I've done or any kind of challenges I did. And sometimes it's for mindset type of work and shifts that I've thought about, whether it's where I am in life or things as a result of the podcast. And then what I did this year was I started to kind of change the focus where I have a mix of solo episodes where it continues to be anecdotal and that personal storytelling. But now I also bring guests onto the show. And the reason I did that is because you want to do what has to be more than just me. It's also, I think, the great way to help motivate people in a real, true, significant, authentic way is to show other people that also do these things. And live this type of life where they're not just one thing. They're not just one job. They're a parent and they're an entrepreneur and they may have a side hustle and they may be an author and they have all these ands after their names. So I've started to bring those folks on the show and I've met really great people as a result of it. So one of the things I want to do is just continue to grow the listenership when it comes to delivering really great content and meeting some interesting people that can help spread that message as well. And then for me, um, there's some personal things that I want to accomplish. So I want to do be a little bit more of a <laughs> journalistic, I guess, in my approach of how I, I go about the podcast. And I would like to go on the road and start interviewing people that I meet in different places as well. So I want to incorporate more of my travels, which is a big thing for me, into the show. And so I'm figuring out how I can best do that. Oh, yeah. The, the idea of traveling and doing anything work-wise, business, or even podcasting is kind of a hard thing to do. Technically, I can do it easily because actually all my recordings done on my iPad Pro with a microphone. Okay. And I've had so many people not even notice that I'm not doing like a huge professional thing on my computer with a soundboard and an actual like plug-in mic. So I'm like, okay, I can do this. Not too bad. But part of me is kind of like, I have to go find people to talk to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I will say this, though. I have I consider myself a social introvert. So I am someone who is really big on alone time. Um, that's important for me to recharge. There's people out there that are super networkers and they can go to a room or be at a conference for 10 or 12 hours, talk to everybody and still leave completely revved up and charged up. That's not me so much. I love meeting people, but I also need the equal amounts of time that are to myself to gather my thoughts, to take a minute away from things. So I completely get that. 
one of the things that I did challenge myself to do as part of this podcasting process was to go out to more events to meet people. And that's partially because I work from home. So there's not a lot of people you meet when you work from home. And if someone's knocking on your door, it's probably someone delivering a package. And that's pretty much it. And that exchange is probably brief and not enough to really get them on the podcast. So I needed to kind of do something else to make sure I was just expanding my network and see who I was meeting and giving myself new sets of experiences. So I would say that it does become easier the more that you do it, just like anything. If you're going to learn a language for the first time, at first, pronunciation might suck. You're not going to remember how to conjugate your verb. Or what was the word for table again? I don't really remember. But as you do it more, all those things are going to come to you. And so I would say the same thing about trying to speak to new people or anything you really try. You can do it. It just takes repetition. And so for people who are completely introverted, which I totally get. A lot of my good friends are. I always say one of the things that they can do is focus every day on giving someone a compliment. Look for three people and give them a compliment. It could be as simple as, oh, hey, I love your shoes. And you just keep on walking. Or that's a really great bag. Or I love that scarf, right? So just pick something that's very benign. No one would get offended by. You're not going to compliment someone's body parts as an example, but you can compliment either a book that they're reading. Oh, I heard that book was really great. Hope you enjoy it. But little tiny things. So you're not necessarily inviting a lot of conversation, but it is getting you used to saying a couple of new things to different people and seeing how that feels. Again, how does that feel? Do I feel okay saying those three things to three strangers in a day? And then maybe the following week you say, I'm going to try five, or maybe I'll ask a random stranger an open-ended question and see how that goes. So again, little tiny experiments to do with yourself and see how it feels. Oh, yes. No, I've been doing a lot of that stuff myself. I have two regular groups that I can go out to and do things with every once in a while. So I have this, there's newer people there all the time, but there's still a couple core people that I can, if I'm really feeling like off, I can just touch base with them. Mm-hmm. But the the actual compliment thing, I've been doing that for a while. And I've actually told a couple of people, like, if you're really scared, like, literally do a drive-by. Like, walk past somebody. I like hair. Keep walking. Like, right. don't give exactly. them the chance to keep talking. And like, that, that, that's literally, that's how you can get interacting. It's getting your, your mind ready to just jump into it. Because we're always, like, overthinking it. And it literally needs to be, like, cute hair. Eh, run. <laughs> Yeah, but think about how nice it feels when you receive a compliment and that person may be having a really crap day. And who knows if you told someone, hey, really cute hair, and you kept going, that could be something that makes their whole day kind of shift and say, well, thanks. That person really just didn't want anything from me. All they wanted to do was compliment my hair. That's kind of an awesome feeling if you think about it, because if someone took the time to say, hey, I really love your outfit, or that's a great hairstyle, or I love those earrings, that would make us feel good. And so I just kind of look at it like that. Like it's less about me. It's more about the other person. And the byproduct is me getting out of my shell. Yes, definitely. All right. Well, thank you for coming out with me. I will make sure to have all your links and everything else on my show notes and um, the podcast as well as my blog post. And I'll definitely give links to your podcast out and about too, because you're on iTunes, because that's where I found you first. What are other ones you're on? 
So I am everywhere you can find podcasts. So Spotify, iHeartRadio app, anywhere you can find podcasts, Google Play Music, I am there. Or you can go to my website, which is youwannadowhat.com, and you can stream the episode straight from the site. All right. Well, thank you for coming on. No, thank you for having me. This was a lot of fun, and I'm going to let you know what that egg roll tastes like when I have it. Definitely. <laughs> Thanks for listening. For full show notes, links, check out freebies, or to give a donation, head over to CourageousCreativity.co. Link is in the show notes. As always, please leave a review.